0: This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest, I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Sadly, there are children in every state in need of a new home or a foster family. State agencies often work with outside faith-based agencies to place children in loving homes. Unfortunately, this process is becoming politicized in some states. This is particularly true in the state of Illinois. In 2011, the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services announced it would no longer contract with agencies that refuse to place children with same-sex couples, effectively banning Lutheran and Catholic agencies. Just this month, Illinois went even further. A new directive states that the department, in their words, will not tolerate exposing LGBTQ children and youth to staff providers who are not supportive of children and youth's right to self-determination of sexual gender identity. It further warns staff members that their personal and professional opinions don't matter. Mary Hassett of the Ethics and Public Policy Center has written about this in The Federalist. I speak with her today on World Lutheran News Digest.
1: And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. The Supreme Court of the United States declined to review First Liberty Institute's appeal in the case of Lance Corporal Manifa Sterling, a U.S. Marine convicted at court-martial for refusing an order to remove an inspirational Bible verse from her workstation. Lance Corporal Sterling was convicted at a court-martial after she refused an order to remove a paraphrase of an inspirational Bible verse, No weapon formed against me shall prosper, from Isaiah 54-17. Sterling had posted the verse in her workspace and reposted it after her supervisor removed it and threw it in the trash. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys, representing an organic farmer in Michigan, filed a federal lawsuit against the city of East Lansing after officials ousted his family business from the local farmer's market, where he has done business since 2010, because city officials learned he believes marriage is the union of one man and one woman. The farmer wants to be able to sell food to all people, but the city is preventing him from doing so at the farmer's market. East Lansing mayor, Mark Meadows, told the Lansing State Journal that the city's decision to exclude Country Mill, also known as Country Mill Orchard, from the farmer's market had nothing to do with religious beliefs, but with the farm's business decision not to host same-sex weddings. Quote, this is about them operating a business that discriminates against LGBT individuals and that's a whole different issue, Meadows said, referring to lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender Americans. Former Los Angeles District Attorney Steve Cooley has announced that his law firm, Steve Cooley & Associates, will defend undercover journalist David DeLyden, who was accused of breaking the law after releasing several videos showing various Planned Parenthood senior employees discussing the harvest and sale of aborted baby body parts. In March of this year, the new California Attorney General Javier Becerra announced a criminal complaint charging Daleiden with 14 separate felony accounts for producing and publishing the video. The March for Life, along with over a dozen other organizations, signed a letter asking Attorney General Jeff Sessions and FBI Acting Director Andrew McCabe to investigate Planned Parenthood's involvement in the selling of fetal tissue. The letter comes days after the May 24th release of a video from the Center for Medical Progress that shows footage from the conventions of the National Abortion Federation in 2014 and 2015.
0: World Luther News Digest will be back right after these messages.
1: There's a special place where rare books from times
0: long ago come alive in your imagination. A
2: special place where you can rediscover values that transcend time itself. A special place of adventure, mystery, and drama that's both old and new at the same time. Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO Radio. This
0: is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is Mary Hassan. Ms. Hassan wrote a very interesting article in The Federalist concerning some goings-on in the state of Illinois regarding how we place children. Ms. Hassan, could you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Sure. thanks so much, Kip, for having me on and and giving me a chance to talk about this issue. Um, I am a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C., and our Our think tank, um, EPPC is what we call it, um, is a place where uh, Jewish, Christian, Catholic scholars work together on issues of public policy to really bring those values into play in terms of public policy. And I tend to work on things related to the culture, helping to shape the culture, social issues, uh, doing research, writing, and speaking. So that's how I came to uh, focus on this issue in Illinois with the transgenderism.
0: Well, Illinois is, of course, our neighboring state here from Missouri, just across the river, and our two states could not be more different. One of the big differences here has been the adoption agency issues. Now, as you know, the state of Illinois... The actually the Catholic uh, Catholic social services and Lutheran social services have withdrawn from uh, being contracted as adoption agencies in Illinois, largely because of the mandate that we be able to put place children in same sex couples, which is of course against our biblical teachings in the Lutheran Church and against the Catholic Church as well. But now the state of Illinois has gone even farther. Even further, what
2: have they done? Yeah, so this is really troubling. As you say, there is this background within Illinois, this, this um, eagerness to, to placate, really, the LGBT community and to um, uh, be going in that direction in, in their policies. But what they did here was they, the uh, director of the uh, Department of Children and Family Services signed enhanced policies, that's what they call them, related to child welfare, specifically the placement of children as foster uh, children into homes or into residential facilities. And just basically, how do we assure the well-being of children in our system? And they were focusing particularly on LGBT-identified children. And so what this policy does is it not only uh, talks about the children, it says only certain people are going to be good enough to take our children, to take care of them, and they specifically said that they, out of concern for children who identify as LGBTQ, that they were mandating trainings uh, of all staff members, employees, and Potential foster families, whether or not you have a child who has been um, brought into your house who is expressing this kind of identity or sexual orientation, uh, just across the board, everyone has to be trained in the in the language and the definitions and the quote right approach, the affirming approach. Um, but more importantly, they said that they will not tolerate. And that was the word they used, exposing children who are in the system to people who are not affirming of LGBTQ values and specifically uh, not affirming, uh, which they don't define. So that's that's another problem. But not affirming of a child, for example, who is a boy and who says to the foster parents, no, I'm I'm really a girl, and I'm going to dress this way. I'm, I want to be used, uh, be called by a different name. I want to go to a doctor and get hormones or whatever. The foster parent is supposed to just go along with that. But more importantly, the state of Illinois is saying you cannot even be a foster family unless you are willing to take an affirming position on this issue. So right away, they're saying saying to religious folks or. or people who are conservative, or people who just look at the science and say, hey, wait a minute, something, this is, is not good for children. They're saying, we don't want you. And that's really, really troubling.
0: Well, I'm reading uh, directly for the policy here, and it says they will not tolerate exposing LGBTQ children and youth to staff providers who are not supportive of children and youth's right to Mm self-determination of sexual gender identity. And then they further go on to say that the standards of the state will not contract with any private agencies unless their policies are at least as extensive as the department's LGBTQ policies. Right.
2: So, Staff members can be fired if they're not sufficiently affirming, but also the state is saying they will not contract with providers who are not themselves turning around and telling their employees the same thing, that they need to have training, they need to be affirming, and if they don't comply, they are subject to being fired. So they're, they are just imposing this viewpoint across the board in a way that's, that's chilling, both to free speech but to, to the free exercise of, of religion, But I'll tell you, Kip, it doesn't make sense in terms of child welfare, especially given the background of how Illinois has, just the troubles they've had with this particular department. It's just, it's a disgrace. They've gone through eight directors in five years. They've had children die, even while they supposedly have been under the care of the state and being investigated and all these things. They have a shortage of, of families to take care of of these children. And so in spite of all that, they're saying it's more important to us to further this LGBT policy of affirmation and and everything goes in one direction. Let's let's put the kids in the funnel there. That's more important than ensuring the safety and welfare of children and finding good families who really will care about these children. And and so that's that's just another when you look at the context, that's just appalling.
0: Well, there was a paper that was published uh, by the American College of Pediatricians in uh, May of this year, and it says in part that to encourage a child to thinking that a lifetime of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex is normal and healthful is actually child abuse.
2: Right, right. And so here's here's the problem. Um, I would agree with that assessment, uh, partly because you just you can't change your sex, and and yet these children are. Uh, as as that statement says, they will be given hormones first that will block or medicines that will block their natural puberty hormones, which keeps them in a state of, of pre-puberty at a time when all their peers are developing. and And there's some thinking among pediatricians that those puberty hormones can help resolve some of that gender dysphoria or that confusion that a child might feel. And so they're saying that the American College of Pediatricians says, first of all, that's, that's problematic. It gets even more problematic if you go the next step and you start giving children cross-sex hormones, which effectively sterilizes them. You give a, a young girl testosterone in a certain amount of time, whether it's months or, or up to a year, you will have sterilized her. And these, these are children who are underage. So you can see why the American College of Pediatricians said, this is child
0: abuse. Well, over and above that, since when are children competent to make this kind of a decision?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there's there's a theory called children's rights that is being pushed from the U.N. Uh, to different places in Europe. And there's, there are proponents of that here in the U.S. And so the language here in this Illinois policy is very much in tune with that, where they talk about the child's right to self-determination and parents are viewed as the enemy rather than. What we know both in terms of faith, but also what our, our legal system has recognized for for decades is parents have the ability to shape and to, to um, form their children, to raise them in a certain way, but the state is saying, no, 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 when it comes to sexuality or now gender determination, the state is saying, nope, we're putting kids in charge of themselves, which effectively means... That children who can't make those decisions by themselves are going to turn to adults but as the state of Illinois says only one kind of adult adults who will affirm them in one direction and so it, it's a. even though they put it under the term children's rights it, it's really about fencing out people with certain views and restricting children's guidance not to the parents but to sort of State approved ideologues, the people who are going to uh, push them in a, in a certain direction.
0: Well, it, it goes even farther than that. Uh, uh, there was a federal judge uh, who recently ruled on a similar transgender policy that the Obama administration had mandated that health professionals must carry out gender reassignment surgeries, even mm-hmm. if they have religious uh, objections. Then the judge said, in part, the regulation not only forces health care professionals to violate their medical judgment, mm-hmm. it requires them to violate deeply held religious beliefs. Right. And it goes on to say even further that, tragically, the res- the regulation would force them to violate these religious beliefs and perform harmful medical transition procedures or else suffer massive financial liability. So it's not just a religious thing here. They're saying, well, we don't care what the doctors say.
2: Right, right. And unfortunately, this gets complicated because the official medical sort of lobbying or establishment groups, the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, the Endocrine Society, people like that, as, as groups, they have bought into a lot of, and they've been, pressured politically to buy into a lot of this theory about transgender children and how best to to help them and and so the medical community if you will is split there are these divided opinions but if you look at the research if you put aside the opinions of different organizations and just look at the research it should give anyone pause to think about stopping a child's puberty for no good reason.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the about the science of the issue here. There's a, uh, The science, to my mind, is quite clear over what constitutes male-female.
2: Right, right. And, yeah, and as a number of physicians have said to me, the most that can happen when someone says, okay, I have a transgender identity, they're talking about their feelings. Now, if we think about other disorders in medicine where your feelings are disconnected from your body... We know what to do. We work with those feelings. So, for example, someone who suffers from anorexia. this is That's a classic example. Their body's one thing. It may be very, very thin. And yet, in their minds, they look in the mirror and they see themselves as heavy and they want to go to all these great lengths to lose still more weight. There isn't any respected medical professional who would say if an anorexic person comes to them and says i still feel fat i want you to do liposuction or or you know put me on a fast or something there's no one who would say that they would say hey wait a minute let's address this in terms of psychology and nutrition let's let's really help you see yourself in a different way because the body's not the problem and yet because this particular issue the transgender issue comes with a a huge political agenda, we're putting aside the science that says, "Mm, there's nothing wrong with this body. There's a person who doesn't feel comfortable in it. And why don't we help them feel comfortable in it instead of saying, okay, we're going to amputate certain parts of the body or or give hormones and, and really change the outside appearance, but you're not changing the chromosomes and you're not changing the body's own knowledge of itself. So it's, it's really a, it's
0: a fraud. Well, there's the XY chromosome and the XX chromosome determining gender. And I think there was a study recently that said within the genetics itself, over and above just the, the X and Y, there's something like 1,500 separate issues that DNA define between male and female.
2: Right, right. Right. And, and, you know, one of the advances of, of modern medicine has been to see that male bodies are different from female bodies and diagnoses, treatment protocols, all of this has improved as we've taken into account those permanent differences between male and female. So this is a political movement that's saying, well, forget about that. We're saying what's important is how you feel about your body, not what your body Is, but they can't change what it is. All you can do is is create what what Dr. McHugh, Paul McHugh, who was a um, chief psychiatrist at Johns Hopkins, said. You're creating a facsimile. You know, a woman who says she's a man and, and goes through a mastectomy and and takes testosterone becomes a facsimile of a man. There's an outward appearance, but she's still fundamentally a woman. What a disservice, (laughs) because there are huge complications from all of that, but but really, you know, what the state of Illinois is doing here and what um, the political activists are doing is they want everyone else to participate in that lie of saying, okay, now you are the other sex, when in fact, you're really not. You're still the sex that God created you to be, and yet... All these policies and regulations, just like with the doctors and and everything you're saying, everyone else has to get in step with that and affirm this belief we have, even though it's not grounded in science.
0: Well, there's been a development recently where several transgenders have gone from male to female who are in the athletic field, mm-hmm. maintain the male you know, musculature and skeletal system and have a real advantage in such things as wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. mixed martial arts, tennis, the whole thing. And um, I, I find it interesting that a group of feminist organizations have actually complained about this.
2: Right. And and yet they're even being marginalized within feminism because mainstream feminism is very much a political movement allied with democratic party platforms and with the lgbt movement and all these things and so they're marching in lockstep so it's only a a small contingent of of feminists who are saying hey wait a minute they're not women just because they say they're women their bodies are still not the case but in terms of athletics there was a um a young man who recently just won the state meet i think in, in the 100 and the 200 uh track competition I believe it was Connecticut. It was somewhere on the East Coast, Connecticut, Boston, somewhere else. Um, but this, this young man has not even had hormones or gone through anything else. He simply says he is a female. And so now he won the state meet saying he's a female and asking to be treated as a female. And yet you look at a picture side by side of him and the young woman who was beaten out, who, who was the champion previously and then lost to this man. He, he, this young man, he looks like a young man, and and she looks like a girl. And yet, everyone is is nodding and saying, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll call him Andrea," and he's a girl because he says he is. And that's so unfair to women. <laughs> it's just so unfair.
0: Well, we've discussed the situation in, in uh, Illinois, but this is not just one issue to one state. This is happening in other states as well, is it not?
2: Yeah, it, it is, and unfortunately, there are certain places in the country where this is progressing more quickly. So California has similar regulations in terms of mandatory training and, and things like that. Uh, New York is is heading in that direction. So there are problem spots, but it's it's going to become more and more of a problem because we have federal courts that are mostly um, controlled by, well, are mostly Obama appointees um, or or prior Democratic presidents who are going to be more sympathetic to this particular ideology, but you've also got the pressure groups, the Human Rights Campaign, Lambda Legal, um, There's Transgender Center for Equality, and, and, and different groups that are really, really pushing this. And that's really what happened in Illinois State where, as I said, the child welfare system is a mess and real children are dying because they have there are so many things wrong with it, and yet the director of of the uh, Department of of Child Welfare, Child and Family Services chose to put effort into this LGBT policy to fence out religious people and people who believe differently, and, and therefore limiting further the pool of families that's available to take care of these children. So interestingly, he just resigned, but over ethics, well, for <laughs> other reasons, but it, there were ethics situations and and other problems going on there as well.
0: well I think uh, all, all states say that their social services are overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think just as recently as a couple of years ago or so, uh, something like 20 percent of all foster and adoption care agencies were handled through contracts like Catholic services and Lutheran services. Right. So now suddenly these cases are now being thrown back on this overburdened state that simply doesn't have the resources, skill, desire or ideology.
2: Right. To right. handle this. And- the way Illinois was trying to handle that was in 2016, they mounted a um, full court press to try to recruit LGBT adults to fill the gap in terms of providing foster care services. And yet they are still way short of families. But part of that, again, was this ideological sense of if you have a kid who identifies as LGBT, the only place that's safe for him is with an adult who affirms that and so that's why they were looking to that community
0: if our listeners want to learn more about this issue or about you how can they find out
2: Well, if they want to look at the underlying science, there's a really good report that was done um, by the New Atlantis. It's a journal, so just Google New Atlantis Sexuality and Gender, and Dr. McHugh and Dr. Lawrence Meyer, both um, affiliated with Johns Hopkins and and other uh, fine institutions, did simply a review of the studies that are out there related specifically to transgenderism, but also to same-sex orientation and and things like that. And and they just laid it out and said, here's what science can tell us, and here's what science doesn't say, and it's really, really helpful. There's nothing faith-based about it for those who are concerned about, you know, is there an overlying religious gloss? It's not. It's just a discussion of the science, so that's really, really helpful. Um, beyond that, the American College of Pediatricians, if people are concerned specifically about how this issue affects children, they have got some very strong documents on their website, and so I would encourage people to go to that. And also, there, if you read um, The Federalist, there are a number of writers who address this topic, and, and you can... Uh, you know, Google Google that as well. And because it's it's something that's only going to increase. And everyone's got to be aware of this because it, it has the potential to impact all of our families, especially as the state sort of overreaches and is trying to force people to accept and and promote this ideology.
0: So education is largely the key. And with that knowledge, people can then go to the voting booth, hopefully yeah, and make a difference.
2: Hopefully, part of the problem is things like this, this policy in Illinois. There was no voting; it's just an appointed person who's putting into place these regulations with collaboration from the ACLU and Lambda Legal, and and imposing that. And uh, so that's where you need courageous legislators to do something, you know, or courageous judges to do something to try to halt that. But I, I think, unfortunately, we have kind of a failure of courage in the public square.
0: Mary Hassan, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today. This is a very important issue. You've been very enlightening with it, and I would certainly recommend any of our listeners go to The Federalist and read your article on this. It's a real eye-opener. Great. Thanks so much for having me on, Kip. And God bless you. All right. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen.